Welcome back to The Mental Athlete. I am your host, Terry Chawira, and this is a space where we focus on mental health and student athletes. So it's only right that I start this episode by saying Happy Mother's Day. Um, you know, having seen my mum my in about three and a half years, um, and thanks to the power of social media that you can just pick up the phone and FaceTime, it's almost like, you know, you're in you're together you know it's obviously not quite the same as having that physical touch and stuff but it's almost that you know it's about 70 percent. you know uh, my relationship with my mother um you know she knows a lot about me you know there's nothing i don't tell her from relationship advice to to how i feel on the soccer field and just everything in general i think she she, she knows a bit more than she wants to know but I do, I do think she appreciates the conversation uh, that we do, the conversations we have, even though she may act like she don't, she doesn't like them. But you know, that's 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 the relationship I have with my mother, and I think that goes, I go, that goes for a lot of um, people. You know, the relationship between a mother and their child is is, is it's it's words words can't describe that type of relationship. You know, I think that bond is always going to be there even if you go through a few battles and, and arguments, I think that bond will always be there deep, deep down. So before I get into what I wanted to speak about this episode, um, you know, it's, it's obviously Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, and if you don't know, now I'll tell you, but like in the last two months or a month and a bit, you know, we've had five student athletes that have passed away. I think the number might be a bit more, but obviously some of those stories might not be as big or the players might not be as big you know i think all these players that i'm going to mention now are d1 athletes um so we start with sarah Schultz, katie meyer Jaden hill robert martin lauren burnett and they all passed away this year um in the last month and last month or two by suicide and looking into these athletes i've and just you know, just summarizing and just going through their little stories and stuff. I think the biggest takeaway is that you look at their lives and you just, you kind of just look at it and you like, you question like, how can their lives be so miserable to a point where they've thought they had to commit suicide to just to get away, you know? Um, and obviously that by doing this, I feel like they felt like a burden on everyone else. So, you know, they've, they've taken the burden away and sadly by taking themselves out of, out of the world. And for example, we look at Katie Mai, you know, she's, you know, she's Stanford, uh, goalkeeper. She's got a national champion. You know, she's had an Ivy league school. Um, you know, she probably has a really good, she has a really good following. You know, people look up to her. She's a brand ambassador. She's this, she's that. And you just wonder like away from the field how is someone like this unhappy you know and i think that's where the biggest problem is as a student athlete you know a lot of us student athletes are coming from high school where we play sports and we'll say you know especially in america i think you're like these athletes are getting recruited in their sophomore junior year so already then you're like you're this big hot shot and you you walk around campus you know everyone wants to know you you know everyone the teachers love you and and you know, you represent a school, and you're like you're this big figure, and and you know, freshmen or whoever just coming to school look up to you, and then you move to college, and it, you know it's just a whole different ball game, isn't it? Like, it is very interesting 
you know i i, I started reading this book i got given this book um and it's called what made maddie run and essentially i've only read a, a couple of pages like and you know this is she was a big athlete um in high school you know she played soccer uh, for a while soccer was her first love and um then she discovered track and she became really good at track and she was this you know everyone in high school knew her as this this super athlete and super and she was really clever um and she ended up going to penn state uh obviously to play to run track you know she forgot about soccer and said you know i'm going to run track at penn state a big school um and the story behind those that you know as i'm reading this you know and i and i'm starting to understand a little bit more about mental health is that social media also portrays a different you know a different personality to 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 you know it portrays someone in a way that they actually aren't you know the true reality is it's it, 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 social media becomes a, a facade so for 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 maddie she she you know you know katie fagan who wrote the book it, it just tells us i don't know maddie w- w- was posted on social media like you know everything's fine you know she was smiling she was vibrant and then in reality like she was pale she just had, lacked energy and she just simply did not want to exist so i'm going to like read a little part of the the book um which really stuck stuck by me um and this is an interview between katie uh, kate fagan and uh megan and they're speaking about maddie maddie's uh, is is what the book's about but kate is just having an interview with someone about the book so kate says how do you feel about people who don't struggle with their mental health which to megan responds and says I feel that everyone struggles with their mental health to a degree because life is hard, but me- but mental illness is what the struggle inhibits you from your daily life. So my feeling toward people who don't have that, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't jealous, but I'm not that much of a, of a unicorn. I know people deal with this shit. A lot, a lot of people do. And I think that really um, stuck by me because, you know, personally me going through my mental health journey and you know speaking to people and i think one of the biggest takeaways and what people do say most times that that were that you know everybody goes through shit you know i think and i think that's where we get it wrong kind of you know i know everyone goes through but you you got to also learn how people deal with their shit there's certain extent of their shit you know what i mean it's very different for for person A to deal with the way they they see their stuff, and then person B is <laughs> just possibly just getting drowned, you know. But that's what I wanted to start. To, you know, I went a bit overboard there, but I hope that you you do a little bit more research on mental health, and you know, together as this podcast grows, you know, we can find a way to to to, to solve this problem. So here's an interesting quote. There's a great appetite to address mental health issues within sport and things are improving. But the support for athletes is nowhere near adequate. I believe that football and sports in general can lead the way. And this quote by professional footballer uh, Clark Carlisle, who is a mind ambassador and was a former uh, player, chairman of the Players Association. And I... 
I don't think Clark could have been more right when he says support athletes with mental health is nowhere near adequate enough. You know, I, I, I step away from the student student athlete side and I look at like professionals. So I look at, and this is back in the day, this is just a little brief history lesson for those that don't really know soccer that well. Um, there's a player who had tons of potential, who was meant to be a part of the best strikers in, in the world, you know, of each generation. Uh, his name is Adriano. Um, played for Inter Milan, Brazilian. He's meant to be Ronaldo's successor. Um, and he's had to step away from the game. And this was long ago. And he's had to step away from the game um, um, due to his mental health problems. You know, and this is a, a player in that time, you know, a kid who's got tons of ability, but, you know, just didn't have the right, you can say, guidance or the right support for him to, to, to go go through his problems whilst maintaining himself on the field. And going back to the student athlete side of it, you know, I just don't think it's it's the support mentally is, is available. You know, you've got your fantastic physiotherapists, you've got your ATs, but, you know, you just don't really have that person that you can go speak to, that, that, that person that can help you go through it when you do need them, you know. And obviously that it also comes with a budget as well because they need to hire someone. And maybe the school already has a school psychologist, but it's not really something, well, I personally felt like it wasn't something that was put out there as an athlete. Like, oh, as an athlete, if you go through your situations as an athlete, you know, you can go see this person. Um, and also, personally for me, I think there's a difference between a sports psychologist and and um, an actual psychologist. But I guess they, they, they do do the same thing. They listen and they can give you advice. And the lack of support, I think, has come, has been evidently shown in the last two months. Like I said in the beginning, you know, this is five student athletes that have taken their own lives because simply it just all became too much. I've been taking you, you, you through my personal journey of my struggles in the hope that maybe hearing other people's stories can lessen the burden I've taken you through how I arrived, you know, unprepared in a foreign country and I, I could have avoided that by simply just getting information about West Virginia, the culture, the college, you know, personally not knowing that, you know, I was coming and I was going to compete with, with, with 70 other players, you know, um, through recruiting side and obviously I was asked to send videos of my performance and testimonials from coaches, but in, in honest reality, all that is all subjective because obviously your, your videos are of your best moments and the coaches are only going to, you know, going to pick the coaches that are only going to say the right things for you to, to help you. So maybe perhaps a more objective assessment could have been used. I don't know how, but maybe a more objective uh, assessment could have been used. More importantly, however, is that with being a student athlete, uh, the physical skills can be taught to anyone with a grounding. I think it's it's the mental ability to to withstand the pressure, the tenacity to go through thick and thin, that eventually you know wears someone out. You know, having to perform in the classroom, on the field, you know, socially. You know, I think a lot of people don't really want to express how much it actually does affect them. But you know, I think it's 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 mentally draining. It's mentally challenging. But and I think this side of it is, is, is not spoken about enough. 
so I get to West Virginia and, and once I'm over the initial shock, at least, you know, that's, that's, that's what I thought, obviously, uh, that I was over the shock and it was just a minor thing, you know, I came there, you know, rel relentless training and on the physical side, you know, even when I was getting recruited, I was coming, you know, the months before heading out to West Virginia, you know, all I cared about was the physical side, you know, all I cared about was like, can I be good technically? Can I be, can I try and understand what the coaches want tactically? And can I be as fit as I can to make the cut? You know, and each one of us, you know, is the 70 odd players, you know, evidently, you know, we think we're the best and, and, and you know, everyone's competing for a spot, you know, this is, you know, 70 odd players for tw competing for us to compete and represent the college, you know, 25 man roster, you know. And, you know, it creates an unhealthy competitive spirit, which is which is set, you know, it's, it's a bunch of internationals coming from everywhere, you know, and even just everyone coming from different backgrounds, you know, coming to represent, you know, you, you come to the college, you come to the stage to obviously play a sport and represent your college on, on a stage. You know, when you when you don't make the team, obviously, you know, you, you ask for feedback and hope that you can work on the weak areas and develop your strength. You know, as a as a freshman, I think that was one of my biggest mistakes is that I was always just scared of not going and speaking to the coaches and just being like, you know, where do I need to improve? I, I think I started speaking to the coaches maybe my spring semester of my sophomore year leading to my junior year. That's when I started speaking to coaches and stuff and, and asking for advice. So I think as a freshman getting in, you know, if you feel like you're struggling with something in terms of the way you're playing, I think it's always good to see, seek advice and seek feedback, you know. And then you've got to have the chin to get constructive criticism so you can go back and work on it, you know. Um, but then when you take this criticism, I feel like when you're young and you take this criticism and you're early on in your college days, you know, then you, you start to overthink, you know, when you play and when you overthink, you know, you, you start to question every pass, you, you you question everything you do on the field, and you just, for me, you know, you, you, I think it feels just a bit suffocating, like you're not expressing yourself. And and if you remember from my my first podcast, I think to be the best player, to be your best player, you have to be able to express yourself, you know, express yourself on the field and ensure that you know you're making yourself happy before you're trying to make anyone else happy you know follow the tactics you know be smart in the way you play and this is not just for soccer i think this goes for every sport you know be smart in the way you play but don't don't you know don't get into your own head to a point where you know you're not playing to your best of your ability you know you've got about 90 minutes to show and, and try and improve and you know you hope that if you've improved within the 90 minutes that you know maybe you get a shot or, or you know you continue to play and you continue to get the game time and you can and you start to level up you know within the squad and it, it's difficult though because once once you get that then you know then you start to think like what else do I have to be to to, to be perfect then it comes into into the training side of it where you're expecting um, you're expecting yourself to be a hundred percent every day, and I don't think there's anyone that can can really come in and be a hundred percent, you know, at every training session. 
and that's where i think the burden comes in where you just in your head mentally you just physically can't take it anymore and you're just you know you're just struggling and i so i think you know this is a, it's not funny but like for me you know the, co- the coaches almost became like demigods you know you do everything to please them you, you try and play in a way that they you think they want you to play in uh you follow their every instruction and and, and advice you know so the love for the sport comes you know comes from based on how they you think they're going to perceive perceive you you know feedback which for the better part of the time is confusing uh and sometimes you know you, you don't take it straight as you always think that there's loops around it and you you don't you don't i think for me i I didn't fully take it the way it was meant to take be taken i would always try and find a loophole to see you know i'd go for the negative negative and i guess i I was i mentally i wanted to hear the negative parts i didn't want to hear like the praise that i was getting so sometimes the feedback you, you you feel like is a bit conflicted and you're left worrying what are you meant to do and this is obviously where the the mental stress comes from you know i've said this i've said this before uh probably my first second podcast you know you know coaching has really helped me find my love for for soccer again um you know i look back at when i first started coaching you know i started seeing the smiles on these kids faces and in reality it's just that it's because that they're not playing to, to to because someone's told them to go play they're playing because they enjoy the sport they play because it's fun and when they compete it's, it's healthy they're competing because they want to win and they just want to do their best you know and that's that's the only way to play and and it's weird now because as i play now i i kind of want to have like a child's mindset where i play just to have fun and you know everyone i think goes for everyone you know when you play to have fun and to to express yourself that's where you see you know your ability come through so yeah thank you very much for listening to today's podcast and i hope i'll see you guys next week you know i'm hoping you know to get uh, some guests uh starting to come up on this podcast so not just hearing my voice every week so have a good mother's day have a good sunday Have a great week and I hope that you'll catch me next week for another episode. We continue to dive right into mental health and hope that this podcast continues to to, to grow. And thank you for those that continue to listen. See ya.